0: What do y'all think about this series can you remember what we've taught you remember the first Sunday we did this what did we teach on letting go of your past come on y'all at least got to remember this because this was painful huh your past your past failures come up and you beat yourself up the devil just has to say a word and you start beating yourself up. Well, I'm so stupid. You need to let that stuff go. If you're embarrassed by your past, you haven't let it go. Because it's not your past anymore. It's been Your slate's clean. Amen. Quit holding on to your past. How about we did online, we did uh, distractions, uh, uh, things like that. Do y'all remember that one? It was, if you watched it online, uh, there were some things we talked about. Do you know that... Uh, I was reminded, um, well, I, he, I'm sorry. Last weekend was distractions, wasn't it? Nobody corrected me. Everybody's like, is he right? I said, let go. I preached on let go of stuff. Do you know stuff's not as important as you think it is? I called my kids or text them all and said, hey, what do you remember about growing up? None of them said the stuff they got at Christmas and they got some stuff. Their grandmothers have made sure they got some stuff. And none of them mentioned the stuff they got. They, rem- they remembered the times that we spent together as family, trips that we took, things that we did, four-wheeler riding and just, just having picnics and sitting at the table. We tried to make it that uh, we would sit at the table three times out of the week and just eat together. That's That's hard. That's hard. Everybody's busy. Nobody sits down. Does anybody sit on the front porch and wave at you anymore? No. If they're sitting outside, it's in the back porch, and nobody can see them. But back in the day, people sat on the front porch and waved at everybody that came by, whether they knew them or not. Isn't that awesome? So we can get distractions. Here's here's one. Here's one. Parents, I'll ask you a question. Who's in the manger? I know Jesus is the answer, but you best keep him there, because at Christmas time we end up taking Jesus out and make it all about our kids. We need to make sure Jesus is in the manger, and the kids know that Jesus is important. Your grandchildren need to know. That's why I talked about uh, ask them who they knew who Mary's Mary's daddy was. That those those men and their grandparents had influence over Jesus. Mary's daddy was Joachim. You know what his job was? He was a scroll scholar in the temple. Boy knew the word. He taught the word in the temple and they would ask him questions and he would search it out. That was his job. Now, the church history tells us that they didn't have, I'm going to talk about Mary and Joseph and we're talking today about submitting to the word and letting go of control. How I mean, you know, everybody likes to control things. You, I mean, you know, you ever met somebody like control everything? They can't, they don't have any peace. I mean, I've been out to dinners, 12 of us, and the guy in charge, you're gonna sit here and you sit here, and I'm like, what is his deal? He's trying to control everything. You know, and so... You know, sure, there's a placement that you won't make sure people feel comfortable in this and that and the other, but we got to let go of some control. Ephesians 1, it's not in your notes, but you might want to write it down. Ephesians, the the first chapter, and and, uh, right at the end, I'm sorry, I got to get to it myself. It talks about that Jesus is the head. Are you going to let him be the head? Are you? you nobody answering today? Nobody here? I'm calling pastor. I'm scared to answer. And verse 22, it says, As He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. See, what God wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, he seated him at the right hand. Jesus is... The head of the church. When the church misses it or when we miss it is when Jesus is not the head anymore. And so we're going back, we're talking about Mary and Joseph. We're going to look at the Christmas story, but we're going to look how they let go of control and they followed the spirit of God. Do you know you can follow the spirit of God today? We're going to break it down and show it to you. You've got a lot of scripture to read, but I want you to, to hear what the spirit of God has to say. In this story, maybe you haven't seen these things uh, before, but I want to encourage you at 12 years old, Jesus was already in the temple asking questions and answering questions. Don't you think that Mary's daddy, his grandpa, had some influence on him? Don't you think he spent time in the Word with his grandfathers? Huh? Don't you think that Joseph was a just man? God didn't just choose Mary and Joseph just on a whim, they were prepared. How about you? Are you preparing your children? Are you preparing yourself for the days ahead? We need to be prepared. Jesus is coming. I don't care what virus comes, hits down the road or what happens. Jesus is coming. And we need to be ready. And we don't need to fall away. Because the Bible says that the, even the very elect will fall away because of the pressures of life that are coming. Anybody sense any pressures of life this year? I can weigh both hands. I have dealt with people's pressures, my pressures, uh, and pressures of life come on us all. And then, and you know what? We win. Rest. Let's, let's let Jesus be the head, and we're going to follow him. Amen, amen, amen? All right, all right. So let's, let's dig in. We're going to talk about Joseph. Joseph was a just man. Uh, I just want to read a little bit. We're going to go in Matthew. <clears throat> you know, they were humble and submitted to God. But in Matthew 1.18, if you got your Bible, turned there right quick. We'll go through the end of Matthew and then read Matthew in the second chapter. But it says in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus was as follow. After his mother Mary was betrothed, engaged. <clears throat> Y'all, this, this is just kind of shocking. She was 12 to 14 years old. Now, betrothed means engaged. Not like today. The announcement was made. We have chosen Joseph, and we have worked it out that our daughter Mary will be given to Joseph. When that announcement went, she went into one year training. I've seen people go five minutes. Let's get married. Yeah. One year of training to be married. like the One guy said, I, I don't need to take marriage on the rock. It's a good class probably, but I've been married three times. I know what it's about. I'm like, dude. That's why you need to take it. But we don't, you know. One year of training. You ever thought about getting prepared? Are you, you know, that's that's where we need to be prepared. And, and uh, look what it says. Let me tell you something else. What church history says about Mary's mom and dad? They were older when they had a child, and they prayed and said, "Lord, if you give us a child, we'll dedicate this child to you." And church history says they took her and they dedicated her to the Lord. So don't you know that they taught her that you've been born for a reason, that God gave you to us for a reason? We prayed for you. We believed for you. And she was taught that. And do you think that they didn't take it lightly when they chose Joseph? And we think Joseph was a carpenter, that he made things out of wood. Really, the translation of carpenter is, is someone who makes fine furniture or or, or makes uh, stuff out of gold and this and that and the other. But more or less, they were also, that same uh, translation, carpenter would have been a, the man over the, the building. See the building being built. The, uh, um, uh, a construction uh, worker, not just a worker, but the contractor. So Joseph was a, a, a smart man, a just man, and uh, I, you know one, one historian I read saw that he probably over, he may have oversaw the, the temple being built and said it was nice. It was lavish. It was awesome. and it still stands. So So she was engaged to Joseph before they came together, and she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. in verse 19, and Joseph, her husband, was a just man. And not wanting to make a public example was minded to put her away secretly. That shows Joseph's heart right there. She could have had it. He could have had her stoned. He goes, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass her. I'm just going to ease this away. But look what, look what happened. But when he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. I want you to count how many times angels are showing up. Guess what? In the last days, angels are showing up. And you know what? You know what? We go, yeah, amen, amen, until an angel shows up and talks to our brother, and we're like, You're, he's crazy. He's crazy. Or, you know, we believe that people can have visions or dreams till they have one. Even the denominations that believe in visions and dreams, they look sideways at people. They threw Brother Hagin out because he had too many visions. Huh? Jesse had a vision of going to heaven. Oh, I just don't, it's just not, it just don't always fit the Bible. Man, 90% of it fits the Bible. What else? Don't throw it out. But they said, you know, we don't want you a part of us anymore. Got to be careful. Be careful. When people have vision dreams, take it to heart. Joseph thought about these things. He's thinking about this and God starts speaking to him. Are you ready for God to start speaking to you? That means we got to get in tune. Old school radio, you had to tune it in. (coughs) And welcome. This is the Spirit of God talking today. But most of the time, we're walking around with, (coughs) and that's just the way we live. We don't try to tune in and hear God or nothing. But we got to, (coughs) yes, this is the Lord talking today, and I have something I want to say to you. And your response is, yes, Lord. As Mary's was, I'm getting ahead of myself, thy servant heareth, okay? So let's, let's keep reading about Joseph. And so uh, in verse 21, and she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And, and he called his name Jesus. Now in Matthew, in the next chapter, in verse 2, it says, now after Jesus was born, say after he was born, in Bethlehem, in the days of Herod the king, He was Herod the Great. Herod's got his own story by itself. Herod was crazy, crazy with power, crazy with control. To the utmost other side, where Mary and Joseph were submitted to God's control, Herod was in control. And the saying was, it's better to be a pig in Herod's house than a son, because he killed three of them, because he was in control. He thought they were going to try to take over. Matter of fact, he killed one that they was talking about. Man, he's going to be a good king. And he's on his deathbed. He's going to be a good king. Take your place. Herod killed him. Three weeks before he died, he killed his son. So he couldn't be better than him. He was afraid somebody might be greater than him. He was Herod the Great. Isn't that crazy? Better to be a pig in, the, in Herod's house than a son. He even killed a wife. So you, you think you think he was a murderer. But let's, let's keep reading. Uh, And so so in verse 1, after Jesus was born in Judea in the days of Herod, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Look at at that verse. Go back to verse 2. Born king. Look at the king. See that word king? It's a capital K. We're talking about the king of kings. We're talking about the Lord of lords. He's talking about this is the king. Who were these magi? Who were these cats? Magi. We get the word magician. Magi. But these weren't magicians. They were at one time, but they came out of the, the, the Midian Empire. Uh, they came out. Uh, guess what? Daniel went into captivity to the Medes and the Persians. Daniel. You ever heard of him? He's in the Bible. Daniel. Who interpreted dreams Daniel who became number two in the land Daniel who was a political uh, servant to the king who was smart and you know he had he had three friends with him Shadrach Meshach and Abednego Daniel thrown into the lion's Then, Daniel was a man who heard God Daniel was a man who uh, began to hear the voice of God interpret the king's dream guess what the the king had had magi in his court and they were his counselors and they were his helpers and they, and they uh, helped him decide, but they couldn't interpret the dream. But Daniel was so influential. Daniel was so, had, had such the wisdom of God that he became in charge of the magi. And the magi followed Daniel Matter of fact, these magi who showed up with, they've shown up here at Jesus' birth, they were followers of Daniel. They studied the word. They were submitted to the word. They weren't in control. But even though they were called, you know, they were called kingmakers, the magi were called kingmakers. They had the wisdom of God because they sought the scriptures. They chased the and when the interpret, when, when Daniel had said that there's a star, there's a, a ruler coming, and they started looking for him. Everybody was looking for him because most people followed the Magi. And then when the star appeared, they said, We must go. And they started traveling, following a star. Do you know that's why, that's why Herod was shook when the Magi, if you, if you read in between the lines, he was all nervous, everybody in town, because when the magi show up, one of the craziest uh, uh, kings and um, or our, uh, caesars was Nero. History tells us that the magi showed up when Caesar or uh, when uh, Nero was Caesar, and he was spooked because they could say a word and say y'all need to kick him off the throne. As crazy as he was, a killer as he was, he rolled out the red carpet for the magi. The Magi were wealthy, but the Magi were following the Word of God. They were submitted to the Word. Are we submitted to the Word? Come on, say amen. I know you won't say, oh, me, but it's time to start following the Word of God because that's where our wisdom comes from. That's where our help comes from. The Magi followed the Word of God, and they even the, the priests didn't even see it coming. See, they're following the Scriptures. They're searching it. And the priests are supposed. They knew that 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 Jesus, They knew where he would be born, but they didn't see the star. They didn't recognize all that. And, and so we look at the magi. They're submitted uh, uh, to God. And where is this king of the Jews? And we have seen a star in the east, and we've come to worship him. In Matthew two ten, it says, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, because they left they left the uh, the king, and they saw the star. And they came to the house. Everybody say house. Not the stable. Jesus was born in a stable, but they're in a house. Everybody say house. So there's been some time went by. They rented a house. They're in a house. And because I believe they're following God again. And so the Magi came to the house where the young child, not a baby, about to say young child, with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshiped him. And when they opened their treasures... They presented him gifts. Everybody say gifts. Yes. Come on, these were great gifts. You know, we do it. If, if, you know, we've done them skits here. Well, here comes the three. We three kings of orientar, You know, and and you got this little box of stuff. No, 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 no. It's big stuff. It's gifts. It's a lot. Man, they they came in with gifts, and they came in, and, and you know what? They weren't in control of their money, even though they're wealthy. They gave to the king of kings. Just saying. It's part of it. Look at what they're doing. They're the ones who, who recognize that he's coming. They recognize and they brought, they presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, we see gold, frankincense, and myrrh. One, two, three. We think three wise men, three magi. But no, there could have been as many as Twelve. Some, some churches, if you start studying it out, there was, some say there was as many as 12. But guess what? Each magi had probably 100 people with them. <laughs> they got soldiers. They got their own protection. And they got servants. Some, some got tent builders. Somebody built their tent set their tents up for them. We talking a crowd came to town to see the king of kings and the lord of lords. Isn't that cool? And every one of them submitted. They learned how to submit, and they're following the magi. They're following, uh, they're following the star. They're following the word of God. In verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. And when, they had been de- and when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take up the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. And stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to, be destroyed, to destroy him. And when, and when he arose, he took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Isn't that that's just an easy read? You know, he was warned. They'd goaded up. We're leaving. We're leaving work. We're leaving house. We're leaving people we know. We're going to Egypt where we have no job, where we don't know anybody, but we're going to follow God. When are you going to follow God? Will you go when he tells you to go? Will he, he, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to move you to Egypt, but he may say, go bake some cookies and give to your neighbor. Go down and share Jesus with them. When he'll say, look, when that man starts cussing at work, you slip up to him and tell him that Jesus loves him. Huh? How can you you be a light and a witness? What what would it take, Lord? What would it take, Lord, for for me to reach that man? You know, I had a man that he chewed up Christians. You know how I reached him? I outworked him. I outworked everybody. And he started looking at me like sideways. And he learned he respected me and he wanted to know what I knew then. Because all Christians he saw were weak and didn't believe what they believed and lived the way they lived, the uh, way they were supposed to live, and he would chew them up and spit them out. He was used of the devil. What are you going to do to reach people? How are you going to let your light shine? Come on. He's not telling you to go to Egypt. But he is telling you to shine. He is telling you to live for him. He is telling you to obey. And look how, you know, God had already prepared. They went down there with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were taken care of. They went to Egypt and were taken care of. If Joseph was a a contractor, a foreman on the job, or overseer of a building, he lost his contract. You know, he had to leave. He left. But Joseph, look, Joseph obeyed and followed the Spirit of God, the angels, and what the Lord said. Now, if you back up, and we'll read here in just a second, we're going to look at Mary real quick, and we're going to look at where, uh, how she submitted to the Lord and how you submit to, to God. We need to be like Mary, too. So let's, let's, let's look at Mary's story. You know, God chose them. They were submitted. She was submitted. I, I still can't get past being 12 to 14. How mature, how young. I'm going to give her 14, okay? Better than 12. But think about how mature as we read this story she was and how submitted to God and how she was taught by her parents to to obey God, to come and hear the word and receive the word and listen to the word of God and be prepared for when God's going to meet you and God's going to talk to you, you need to learn to obey She had to be taught that. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to obey God. And you know what? We need to be teaching our kids that. We need to be praying laying hands on them and believing for them. So in Luke 1, we'll read 26 through 35. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man or engaged again, whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, and the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Rejoice, highly favored one. Look at somebody and say, Rejoice, highly favored one. You're highly favored because of the blood of Jesus. You are highly favored because of the blood of Jesus. So do it one more time with a little bit more of authority and say, Rejoice, highly favored one. Because I know, I know, you know, look, looking, looking at different ones, you know, I don't know if they favored or not, you know. Come on. You got to get out of your head and out of your mind. And it does not matter what somebody looks like, how smart they are. You call them favored. And you need to be calling your kids favored. Your kids are favored. Your grandkids are favored. Your spouse is favored. Favored. Man, God's favor is on you. Come on, I can recount the favor of God. I I can stay with that. When you learn, just submit to God and you put your head down, I'm going to do this for you, Lord. I'm not working for this company. I'm working for you. The favor of God comes on you. You show up early and stay late. The favor of God on you. That same boss that I'm talking about, I was the last man hired at that plant. They closed it in one year and I had my hand on the lock with four other guys and he was one of them. They kept me. A month to clean that plant up, and I got to work. Everybody else went home. Favor. Favor. Oh, Oh, you earned it. No, I'm just doing what God said to do. And favor comes. Come on. We have help. We are not without hope, and we are not helpless in this life. The word of the Lord, Sister Shirley gave, and it reminded me as I was studying out the names of God, you know one of his names, he's there. He's there. He's there in the lion's den. He's there in the fiery furnace. He was there on the cross. He's there in heaven making intercession for you. He's there. Wherever you go, he's there. There's no place you can't go that he won't be there. You can go to the moon. You can hide in a cave. You can get on the mountaintop. He's there. Come on, our God is there. And our God is for you. And our God is there to help you. Come on, say, he's my help. He's my help in time of need. He's my strength. He's my shield. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. You got to learn that. When depression comes knocking at the door, your head goes down, you slump, your heart slump, your spirit slumps. But no, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. He's here. He's there. Wherever I go, he's going to be with me. He's with me always. He said, i never leave you nor forsake you. He's not a man where he lies. If you don't feel like he's there, he's there. Somebody else is talking to you. Got their arm around you. I don't think the Lord's with you anymore. Isn't that the, that the devil does? Nobody loves you. You haven't got a phone call from anybody. Well, you call him. You call him up. Well, I'm waiting on, I, you know, I, I know somebody that on their birthday, they write down every phone call. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm just keeping up. What, are you keeping score? I don't even put my my birthday out there. You know, I don't want it. I, I, that's another, I'm getting old. <laughs> getting old? Come on. But, but, you know, come on. It's not about what people, it's what you and God are doing. Come on, when, when, that's what this is about. Control. You, when you trying to control, nobody loves me. How can I control them? How can I, what can I do to make them love me? What can I, it ain't about making them love you. It's you loving yourself because Jesus first loved you. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You have got to love yourself. Well, that's kind of being conceited. No, it's not. Because there's power when you love yourself and you have let go of the control of your past and the control of your trying to control your life and what people think about you, you set free. The grace of God saves you, but knowing the truth sets you free. The truth don't save you. Salvation comes through the grace of God, but the truth comes to set you free from all the bondages that we have and stuff we drag around and all our baggage. How y'all doing? I'm here you spending the night? No, it's just everything I carry with me. It's all my junk. It's all my past, all my hurts, all my, you know, um, I ain't got any hair and I got, you know, just, you know, whatever. Went Back in third grade, uh, uh, I lost a blow, bubblegum blowing contest. That's in there. You be, you be a, uh, but we hang on to silly things. That girl, that girl broke up with me in the second grade. We going to get married. I've seen parents saying they're going to get married. I've got their seventh graders. What do you mean going to get married? Come on. So we've got to let go of control. I mean, where was we at? And it's verse 28. Verse 28, and having come in, the angel said, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord's with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed, blessed, blessed. And when, he, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Come on, look at somebody and say, you found favor with God. Come on, that's the, we have, favor's all over this story. Favor's all over you. Because Jesus came. Because Mary submitted to the favor of God. And look what it says. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Notice that she asked, how can this be? wasn't doubt. So how is this going to work? Now listen to what it says. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Holy Spirit. Will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Let's stop just for a second. The Holy Spirit. Do you know that's how you got saved? You heard the word of God. You have heard the word of God. You go, I believe that Jesus is. I believe that he died for my sins. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed you and came into you and recreated your spirit. And made you a child of God. Come on. The Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. He's living in me. See, the Holy Spirit came. That's how you get born again, is the Holy Spirit comes and recreates your spirit. Guess what? That's how every promise. You know what? I quoted that. I made you say that earlier, that all the promises of God are yes and amen unto me. How do you get the promises of God to come alive in you as you start confessing it? You believe that, that the word of God from, from, through Miss Shirley, believe that the promises are yes to me and start confessing them and declaring them. Yes, 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 they belong to me. The Holy Spirit mixes in with your faith and he causes the things to come to pass that you're praying and believing for. Isn't that good? But your part is to submit to the word. Let go of control. I need need y'all to pray for me. I'm going to be short on my rent. I know it's coming in two weeks. Hey, can you loan me some money? I just asked you to pray. Now I'm looking for a loan. I'm getting control. I got to let go. Come on. You got you gotta to learn. to. Matter of fact, you can't wait till the last day and then pray. You know, a rent due every month on the 25th. Every month on 25th rents due. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to back up. I don't step on nobody. But listen, if you start feeling like you're getting sick, break out the word of God. Matter of fact, it ought to be in your mouth every morning. You ought to have something in your mouth every morning but the word of God. That Jesus Himself, Matthew 8, 17, bore my sickness and infirmities. Come on. Jesus bore sickness and infirmity. Jesus bore sin. Well, how come everybody ain't, how come everybody ain't well, Pastor? How come everybody's still living in sin? They're not submitted to the word either. I mean, there's a lot of soap in the world, and a lot of people don't use it. But aren't you glad the person sitting next to you uses dial? You know, come on. We have to be a doer of the word. We have to take a hold of it. And we have to be a believer of the word. Once we believe, then we start acting. Glory to God, I'm blessed. I ain't got any cash in my pocket, but I'm still blessed. Because I know God. And I know that I'm I'm putting my control in his hands that he's going to take my life and he's going to make me something. He's going to bless me. David said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. That's a promise. Now, you're the righteousness of God, but you're not enforcing it. Well, I don't feel very righteous, Pastor, because I I just feel like a sinner saved by grace. You know, that's a doctrine of the devil. That's not even in the Bible. You're saved by the grace of God, but you're not a sinner anymore. If you're a professional sinner, you need to get saved. But you're not a professional sinner. You might sin and and mess up and get tired and weary and say something you shouldn't be supposed to say or, you know, yell or blow your horn at the person in front of you at the the red light and, you know, give them the California wave (laughs) and quit all that. That sin, well, repent of it and step into God's righteousness. But we want to beat ourselves up. I guess I really am not saved then. That's a lie. Why am I hitting all that? Because the enemy wants to steal your salvation and to make you defeated. Pull you down. Pull you back down. Smile at somebody and say, I'm not going back. So, so, so the Holy Spirit will come upon her. Now, here's verse 36. This is a confirmation. If God tells you something, you just kind of take it and ponder it in your heart. Guess what? Confirmation will come. Now, the angel, she's had a visitation from this angel. And lo and behold, she the, the angel says, uh, "Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived in her old age, and is now the sixth in her sixth month. For who was called uh, she? Her who was called barren. She was barren. Now she's six months pregnant. And look at verse thirty-seven. For with nothing, with, for with God." For with God, nothing, nothing will be impossible. Well, Pastor, I know the Lord can do anything. And God can do anything. But I, I don't know if he wants to do it for me. your righteousness, you're not righteous in it. You're not thinking righteously. You know what? For with God, nothing will be impossible. So you could have it. He sent Jesus. This is the Christmas story. Jesus. He sent Jesus so nothing will be impossible for you. Now, some of you are going, okay, wait a minute. I got to get my faith up. And yes, you do. But the Holy Spirit will help you. He will help you grow in faith. Grow in faith. It's time to grow in faith and, and to be what God's called. Let's look at our last scripture that we'll read on this. Verse 38, then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let it be unto me according to your word. She submitted to the word of God that came through the angel. Now, we're reading the scripture in the Bible. She was getting it direct. Now, have you ever seen a son take after his mama or a daughter take after her daddy? Jesus took after his mother right here. Let it be according to your word or according to your will. Jesus was in the garden sweating great drops of blood. And he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Lord, let this cup pass me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's exactly what Mary said. Be it unto me according to your word, according to your will. God's word is his will. Be it unto me. And so you look at your notes, grab your notes real quick. We're just going to hit these just for a second. Number one, you may not always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. Come on, it's time to start surrendering to God. Remember, we used to sing that hymn, I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Jesus, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. So it's time to surrender. You know, this is Christmas time, but it's time to get right with God. It's time to surrender everything that you just haven't let him, you know, you haven't let him in that closet or hadn't let him in that part of your house. It's time to surrender. Control is rooted in unbelief. Control is rooted in unbelief and, 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 and a lack of faith. You can have strong faith, weak faith, great faith, little faith. Come on, it's like a yearbook. Where are you at? You're in the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. That's where your faith, and you need to recognize and be honest with yourself. I've had people say, I've got great faith, and I'm like, you can't believe God to get out of a wet paper sack. Just because you say, I've got great faith, don't mean it. You don't. People who have great faith don't say they've got great faith. They know they have great faith, and that's where you've got to get to. You know that you know that you know, and so, so, When we overestimate our ability to control, we underestimate the power of God's goodness and grace in our life. Huh? We have got to let God have his way. Everything in our culture, everything in this world, the world system tells you, you got to get it. (coughs) Excuse me. you got to control. You've got to go. You've got to do. You've got to do. You've got to do. God God don't mind you doing, but God wants to bless what you do. God wants to partner with you. Say, God's my partner. He's my helper. See, the Holy Spirit's been sent to help us, to help us do business, to help us be a better husband, wife, to to, to help. The Holy Spirit's helped to raise our children. The Holy Spirit's sent to help us start our business, be a part of our business, whatever you're doing. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. He will help you understand the Word of God. He will drop gifts into you and abilities into you that maybe you didn't think you had. So we got to guard our hearts. So that's how you let the enemy in is is culture in your flesh. Real quick, number two, surrender control is a daily choice. We got a daily surrender to God. God, here I am. What do you want to do today? How do you... What do you want me to do? What, what, word, what word do you want to give me today? How do you want me to study today? Uh, Matthew 10, 39, and before and 38 talks about take up your cross. But he, Jesus said, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. When you lose your life and you submit your life to Jesus and you submit your life to God the Father, you're going to gain life. Mm-hmm. That's when life gets fun. That's when life gets fun. You start enjoying life because, you know what? You're not in control. don't matter. Jesus has got you, and you're going to be led by him. He's going to tell you to go to work. He's going to tell you how to work. He's going to tell you what to do and when to do. And I'm going to read these last scriptures in James 4, 6 through 10, and we're going to receive communion. And he gives more grace. In verse 6, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7 Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Listen to me. When it talks about the devil, it's talking about your flesh. Your flesh and the devil. They team up. The devil talks to your flesh, to your mind. Jesus talks to your spirit. Resist the devil, submit to God. Tell the devil, take a hike. Tell him where to get off. Tell the devil, get out of your mind, get off your body. Get off your thinking. And so in verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Come on. It's time to draw. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy uh, to gloom. What is it talking about there? It's talking about get serious with the things of God. Quit being silly about the things of God. Huh? Now my son-in-law Patrick prayed for his brother-in-law and he was rolling his eyes and thinking it was a serious, silliest thing and why in the world is he doing all that? I've seen, i talking Christians, baby Christians being silly with the things of God. God has called us to take a stand, to stand on the word, to know the word, to know who we are. Listen, in January... January the 3rd, we're going to start prayer and fasting. We're going to be teaching on prayer. I'm going to go ahead and give you a jump start. Do you know that you're not to pray to Jesus? You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Okay? It's time to learn how to pray correctly. We pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Jesus is our intercessor. He's our go-between. We don't ask Jesus. Jesus said, in that day, you will ask me nothing, but you will ask the Father in my name. say in the name of Jesus. Now there was another statement and I've really got to say this because you need to learn it. Jesus has given you his name. Jesus said whatsoever you ask in my name you will receive it. Now that's not prayer. Prayer was you pray to the Father in my name and you will receive it. But Jesus said and you ask and the word ask is really demand. What you demand in my name, you will have. You don't demand anything from God. You're demanding the devil to get off your property. You're demanding the devil to get off you, off your spouse, off your children, off your grandchildren, off your uncle, off your mama, off your daddy. You're demanding the devil get your hands, his hands off your finances. Whatever you demand in my name, I will do. Come on, that gives us credit card now. Whatever... Whatever, come on, whatever you can think of. It's time to get you got to get your faith up that the name of God is greater. You've been given the name, this is the favor I'm talking about. Isn't that good news? We've been given the name of Jesus. You better start using that name. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bind it in the name of Jesus, I'm gonna command it to get out, you know. David always laughs at me when I talk about the stray dog came into my house. I could have said, well, come on in here, flea, flea. You know, get your stink all in here. I said, get get out of here. What are you doing in my house? You ought to do the same thing with the devil. Get. Tell him where to get out. Jesus did. He said, you got to go. Well, let us go in the swine over there. That's Mickey Mouse demon, you know. Let me go in the swine over there, Jesus. So he said, go, but you can't stay in these men. You got to go. And he cast them out.